You are listening to the Bold Dreams Held Loosely podcast hosted by myself, Taryn Watts, and my colleague and dear friend, Michelle Terrio. We believe that the quality of the conversations you're inside of shapes the quality of your life. Whether that's a conversation you're having with others, listening in on, or contemplating within yourself, what you think about and where you direct your energy matters. At the Mind Rebel Academy, we train and support change makers to step into their life's work as world-class coaches and leaders. After mentoring hundreds of people from around the world, what we've come to realize is that the most extraordinary coaches and leaders have one thing in common, and this is that they are wildly devoted to living deeply examined lives. After all, you can only go as deep with another as you're willing to go within yourself. And this podcast is just that, Michelle and I, two coaches and leaders, having raw, honest, very human conversations that are expanding our minds, opening us up to new possibilities, and keeping us steadfastly committed and focused to walking our path towards our deepest yearnings and greatest visions. And our intention is that these conversations do the same for you. So get comfy and settle in, and as always, you're invited to take what's for you and gently leave the rest. Enjoy. How do you feel today, Michelle? Do you want the um, full answer? Yeah, I want the full truth, <laughs> the real truth. I feel um, a little bit excited and a little bit messy like not messy a little bit uncertain like a little kid almost um i noticed i had i had the realization the other day that i haven't been as excited to like wake up and have like go about my day it's like all of a sudden without realizing it some of my like days and routines felt like pre-written and like lacking potential and magic and unknown and excitement. And I was like, oh, because I had, I had a period of time where I was really waking up like, oh, it's the day going to hold me or like, oh, and I, that kind of diminished. And I've just been like, do, 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 doing my thing. And I was like, oh, I want that back. And this morning I woke up with a little hint of that again. Like something turned the corner and I, I'm, I'm grasping that feeling again. So it's like, oh, I'm a little excited. But I also feel like with the unknown comes this mild unsteadiness, like a kid going into a new school, like, am I going to make it here? You know, so that's that's how I feel. How do you feel? First, isn't it refreshing to get like an honest answer? <laughs> From that question, <laughs> do you know what's refreshing? It's so refreshing to give yeah. an honest answer. It's like, oh, I can tell you the truth. Okay, how, how am I feeling? Um, geez, sometimes I, I don't know the answer to that question until I, you know, my my autopilot response would be like, good, I'm good, even when I'm not good, or even, and and so. I need to sink into that that question for just a second to really check in with my body and myself. How am I doing this morning? How am I doing today? I'm feeling I am feeling a 
buzzing type of energy, but almost like a little bit of a, like an excited yet slightly chaotic buzzing energy. And it also might have to do with where I am in my own cycle right now. Um, like in my own menstrual cycle right now, but I'm feeling excited. I'm, I'm feeling excited to be here to have this conversation with you. And then there's this little, there's like this background noise going on in, in my mind. That's there's this buzzing of almost this overactive energy that I can easily, when I'm in this excited state of creativity or um, a peak of energy, it could, it can very easily tip over into uh, doing way too much or wanting to dig into way too much or wanting to commit to way too much, or it's almost this unpresent buzzing energy. And so I'm, I feel like in this moment, I'm, I'm straddling that, that line. Mm. Um, where are you in your cycle right now? So I'm on, so I am on day seven, I believe. Yeah. Day Uh, seven. You know, what's interesting about that? Isn't it like, I initially always think about if my hormones or my cycle are going to like affect my emotions or my, I don't know, equilibrium. I think of it in different times of my cycle, but it's just uh, what you just described. Your hormones, like you have to like straddle this balance in this line, just in different ways in different places. Yeah. You know what? Um, so this energy that I feel right now, I, it's this excited buzzing and actually I've been feeling it rise for a couple days. So I think that's, that's like normal with where I am in my cycle. But what I, what I most notice about the energy I feel or the, what I feel right now is that I've, um, I'm not present. Like I'm present in our conversation in this moment, but you know, for example, yesterday I was showering and I'm like washing my hair and I'm, and then I'm like, what did I just put shampoo in my hair? I had no recollection, none, like none. No, I still don't know if I put shampoo in twice, which I only put (laughs) it in, usually put it in once or I'm go for a walk. And usually like around this time of the year, the leaves are all changing. The leaves are falling. It's just the most beautiful time of the year. And I, I have this like desire to just take in all the beauty of it, but there's this buzzing energy in me. That's, that's like taking me from the moment. And I, it's like, I don't remember. I don't, you know, when you're deeply present, you just, you're taking in every moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in that unpresent, excited, creative, passionate, part of my psych or part of my, that, that's how I feel in this moment. That's how I feel today. Hmm. I want like, part of me wants to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah. like, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but wait, before we let it go entirely, how uh-huh. do you, how do you embrace that? So, you know, like, how do you really embrace the beauty and let this part of your cycle be 
what it is and feel aligned? Oh, you know what? I think the answer to that question, I don't think I feel perfectly aligned right now. I actually think the topic of this conversation around emotions being the doorway to your alignment is exactly what I need right now. (laughs) Because I think if I were to go a couple layers deeper into that buzzing energy, like that, that's that the buzzing sensation I feel, because that's not an emotion. That's how I feel physically. I guess how I can describe it. But I also feel like I, I just took a deep breath. Like I also feel my breath really shallow. That's always a sign for me that I'm not, I'm not fully present in my body right now. And so I think in order to fully embrace this part of my cycle and the energy energy I feel and the creativity I feel, I think I need to come back and I need to find my way back to alignment. Mm. And the way I do that is through my emotions. Do you want to lean in a little right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How do you want to do that? What's the easiest way to sink a layer or two deeper? All right. So- I love to do, I love doing like body scans. So starting with like when orient, maybe let's both do this, Michelle. Okay. okay. Anyone listening, if you feel inspired to drop into your body, to check in on how you're feeling. So, you know, like orienting your attention inwards towards your body. And taking a couple nice, big, deep breaths just to kind of neutralize some of the energy. And let's do a body scan. So starting with the very root of your spine and then rising really slowly up your torso towards your heart and your chest, your neck, your head, that space in between your eyes, and and maybe even going to the space above your head. And let's just notice where you feel the most amount of energy or sensation. And again, you might not even be able to name what that is, but it just, it, it can, it, it might feel heavy. It might feel tight. It might feel buzzing like how I described earlier, but just try to locate where that lives in your body. And then go ahead and place your hands over that area. And, and send your breath right there, right to that space. Almost as if to like loosen it up, expand into it, loosen kind of the the rough edges of it. And just stay here with your breath. And ask yourself, If this feeling or the sensation 
was, was an emotion. What is the emotion that lives here? And give it a name, like name that emotion and don't judge it or change it or try to polish it. Just give it a name. Don't even try to make sense of it. And breathe into that feeling, that emotion. And perhaps go one layer deeper. What is beneath that emotion? And maybe even a layer deeper than that. What's beneath that emotion? Give that a name. And keep, keep doing that layering exercise until you've put your finger on what you actually feel. And even notice if the sensations in your body have shifted. Oftentimes when we are able to name the emotions, when we're able to sink into the emotion, that initial sensation of anxiety or buzzing or tightness actually starts to subside. And now we're sinking into like, what is at the root? What is the root emotion that I feel? And the, and the first step in moving through that emotion is to actually give it a name and like to properly put your finger on, on what it is that I, I actually feel in this moment. Okay, so Michelle, what do you feel? First of all, I feel it in my solar plexus like nobody. It's just like raging in my solar plexus. It's like so obvious. And it is at the very bottom, like terror and exhilaration. <laughs> Ooh. Like just like almost like, and it's it's like in relation to like the ride of life. Like to me, in it, like the truth of how life feels to me is like so intense. Terror existing as a human and expressing and like walking around is terrifying to me. And also, it's like, it's kind of exhilarating. Like there's such magical things about being alive that it's both and it's just swirling in there so loud <laughs> oh wow I, I want to go I want to like unpack that with you yes okay but pause first when you were doing when you were leading me and whoever else through a body scan yeah. as you were talking were you able to relax and feel it for yourself or do you need a minute to like connect for you no I I, I was able to okay so the initial feeling for me was um, over my chest. So like, right, right, like, like on my chest, that's where I felt it the most. So kind of more associated with like my heart chakra. And 
it, this, the initial sensation that I felt the feeling was a that chaotic buzzing, um, beneath that chaotic buzzing, if I could name an emotion, uh, it felt like urgency. I'm not sure if urgency is an emotion, but is it urgent, which urgency is not an emotion, is it? It's, um, but that's what it felt like. It felt like an urgency. Um, and then beneath the urgency felt like overwhelm. And even as I say it, you could hear, I'm taking a bigger breath. I'm, I'm like sinking into a little bit deeper and beneath the overwhelm, when I got to the very root and I, I probably have to unpack this a little bit more cause I did it quite quickly, like, and, and guiding other people through it is different than really sinking it into yeah. it for yourself. But I think at the root of, of that overwhelm is a lack. Mm -hmm. There's a lack. And in my experience, at when we dig into an emotion and, you know, and I would, you know, a quote unquote negative emotion, although I don't really believe there are any like truly negative emotions, but whenever I dig into a negative emotion and get to a root and, and properly name a root, there is always, there's always some type of flavor of fear. And to me, fear represents things like lack, scarcity, not enough, not enough, like fill in the blanks. I'm not enough. There's not enough, whatever. Or like like a disconnection of some kind, like a like a disconnect of some kind. And so whenever I get that, when I get to that energy, that's where I know I've reached the bottom of the barrel of like I've named the thing. And I always know I've named the thing because the buzzing or whatever the surface level feeling, usually for me it's anxiety. Hmm. I'm much more anxiety prone. I if I don't do my, you know, my my normal like resets and practices and check in with my emotions regularly, I would live with anxiety 24 seven. Um, it's, it is, it's just, it is the, it is the way I think I have a very sensitive nervous system and it's just <laughs> runs deep. <laughs> and so that's always the initial, that's typically the initial feeling is the state of anxiety today. It's more like a buzzing an excited buzzing, but other days it's like a, a doom anxiety, you know, but when I get to the root, there is a, some type of fear, lack, scarcity, not enough fear. And that's when, and then what happens when I get there is okay. The, and I sink into the emotion, no longer am I feeling the surface level feelings, or perhaps that's subsided a little bit. And now I'm just, I'm, I'm in what I, actually feel hmm. Hmm. you know imagine entering into a conversation and you know you know how are you feeling today <laughs> and to be able to respond today today I'm feeling um you know not enough <laughs> yeah. today I feel I feel not enough today that's how I'm that's how I'm showing up in the world today hmm. and 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 properly naming that is really powerful because that's how we can begin to shift. 
Yeah. I'm just laughing. I'm laughing thinking of someone asking me how I'm feeling and me being like, terror today. <laughs> terror. Terror at the right. roller, roller coaster of this life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't know what to do with that. Like that would actually make them feel very uncomfortable if you arrived into a, a coffee date or a discussion with that. Um, 100%. Yeah. You know, but what if that was just totally okay? <laughs> you, you are entering into a conversation. We are entering into this podcast conversation. You feel terror and I feel not enough, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And there's nothing to fix or change or heal. We're not broken. We don't need to be put back together. And uh, what if that was okay? Mm. That right there is the the one thing that stops me from even considering going to like the heart of how I'm feeling and sharing it in in most instances, because. I don't, I detest the feeling of being like, if I were to say, I feel terror and someone saying, no, 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 don't feel that. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to be scared about it. It'll all be fine. You're wonderful. It's great. Life will work out for you. And it's like, oh, true. But like, let me, let me have my terror for as long as I want to have it or as long as it's there. Like, don't, I dismiss it yeah Yeah. you know what I really dislike Uh, I dislike that I also dislike probably equally when people feel sorry for me or Um, or look at me like I am (laughs) there's something wrong with me for how I feel or uh you know um like worry about me and my feelings and don't hold me, you know, in coaching, there's a beautiful coaching principle that was coined by the international coaching federation that says you and I are whole, capable, resourceful, and creative. And I love that, that embodying that principle for myself and then embodying it for others has been such a game changer for me. Because you can come into a conversation with me, Michelle, and say, I feel terror today. And I don't have to see you as like this thing, this human that needs to be fixed or put back together, or there's something wrong with you for feeling terror. I can hold you so whole and we can move on with our conversation, even though you feel terror right now, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the feeling of someone feeling sorry for me or wanting to save, fix, or heal me or offering me all sorts of advice about, you know, what I should do or how I should feel or how I should fix this. I don't like, I think that's why I love the true art of coaching so much because that's as coaches, we are trained to hold space for anything that comes up, any emotions that come up yeah, without trying to fix or put anyone back together or dismiss. I think you're naming the exact, precise, most powerful, enjoyable, transformative piece of coaching for me personally. It's like, at like, yes, hold space for me and like all of my wisdom. But 
having the space for my emotions to come out and to not be dismissed or try to be fixed or uh, repressed or distracted from or overcome and just having a space where my emotions can come and be there and I can get the messages that I need from them. Mm. I need that. I need it to be okay. I need it to be okay. Um, because, okay, I think you're the same as me in this. And I think there's so many people, not, not every single person will relate to this, but I am such an emotional creature in my nature. Like, I am such an emotional creature and it is essential to my survival and thriving and happiness to be able to have and create the space to commune with my emotions and hear them and honor them and get their messages and learn from them. It's like, it's like I need it like I need water or else I don't I'm not okay I couldn't agree more I, I couldn't agree more when I am this never this wasn't always the case but when I when I started to like really honor my emotions and started to use my emotions as a doorway to my alignment as a doorway to my wisdom as a doorway to my soul now when I feel anxiety or when I feel the first initial feelings of something's off and wrong or something's not feeling good in my body in terms of like my emotions, even though I can't quite name it, it's more like a feeling at first, I crave going inward. It's the only thing that will make me feel better. Mm. The only thing. Nothing else does it. Like not, the, the old things that used to work, like, uh, you know, the old distractions or you know, tur to turning on Netflix or like, sh like shopping, although I've never been a huge shopper, but like, you know, the things that we do to mask our emotions, none of that works anymore. Nothing like nothing yeah. works like, Oh, what do I feel? And like, sometimes I can do that on my own through my journal or meditating. And sometimes I need a really skilled space holder, like a coach to be able to hold that space for me without like without the projection, without someone else. And that's probably the hardest thing about, that is the hardest thing about receiving someone else's words is that we are, as human beings, we filter another person's words through our own lived experiences. You know, the first thing we usually do is, oh, when have I ever felt like that? Or when have I ever helped someone who's felt like that? Or whatever, what experience have I had that's like mimicked what this, that, that feels familiar to what this person is experiencing. And that creates a lens on how we're hearing the other person. And um, that's not, that's not helpful in that moment. Like it really isn't. Hmm. What I need in that moment is someone to release or to, to see me as whole, capable, resourceful, and creative and allow me 
to feel the full range of my emotions without projecting anything onto me. Yeah. Do you know what I need? I, I, I need the exact same thing. Need the exact same thing. And I really need someone to, I shouldn't say I need someone to, it works really well for me when someone holds the perspective that my emotions um, are not a direct reflection of like my okayness or my, um, uh, my, like if I'm feeling horrible things, it doesn't mean I'm in a horrible place. If I'm feeling, you know, like whatever I'm feeling, it's not like a direct reflection on me. I really need someone to hold the perspective of, ooh, this is just like interesting information. This is that you could be feeling absolutely horrendous right now, but there's a chance that like you're in a really good place and you just need this important information. Like I really need that because it helps when someone else, like I can get lost in my emotions. And sometimes I forget that for a second. I becomes, it's easy for me to become identified with whatever I'm feeling and worry that, oh no, I feel so angry. What if it means like uh, this, this relationship is actually horrible. Uh, it's like, it's easy for me to get swept away. And so me remembering, and then someone else really being anchored into oh, just because you're furious or enraged doesn't mean like things are bad and not going to be okay. This is just mm. interesting. Let's explore. I, 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 I need someone to be able to hold that or else I just need to deal with my emotions on my own. Completely. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. The phrase that you've said, and I think we're going to title this episode, Emotions mm -hmm. as a Portal to Your Soul. How does an emotion go from this like, this consuming feeling into a portal into your soul? One of my favorite quotes of all time is from... Robert Frost, you know this quote well, and he says, the best way out is always through. And I don't know what the heck he was talking about when he made that quote, but the way I <laughs> interpret that quote is, is in terms of emotions. The best way out of a overwhelming, anxious, fearful, terrified not enough, whatever it is you're feeling, the best way out of that emotion is to move right through it. And so, you know, in the, in the MRA, we, we teach the, the, the three steps to alignment, which is essentially like, how do you move through your emotions? And so step one is to name it. So that's what we, we did earlier, right? We just like, we go into our body, we use our, you know, so often, so often if we, if our minds can't name it, like our bodies know, our bodies can't lie. Our bodies know what's, what's really there. And so I love to use the body as a tool, as a, as a, not a tool, but an access point to just get in there and really be able to locate it, name it, 
where do I feel it? Okay, name it, put put words to it and try to get to that, try to get to the real root of what it is I feel. So that's like step one is to name it. And sometimes that's, sometimes, you know, people need some assistance with like naming emotions. If naming emotions is new, things that can really help is, um, you know, you can just even just Google online emotions wheel. And then there's like all sorts of emotions. You could actually go through the, the wheel and say like, do I feel that? No. Oh yeah. That's what I feel. And like, keep going until you've really properly named. Oh yeah. That's what I feel. Cause there's so much power in naming it. It, the second we name it, 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 it loses its, it, lo I shouldn't say lo loses loosens its hold on us. You know, it loosens the hold that the vice grip on us. So that's step one, name it. Step two in, in the mind rebel three steps to alignment is, is to feel it. And that quote to me that, that the best way out is always through. And that means feeling it really honoring it not name it don't try to change it don't try to fix it don't try to minimize it don't try to push it down be with it like invite it in invite it in um there is i oh geez i cannot remember i think we might have talked about this on a previous podcast episode or i'm or maybe we've talked about this in class it's starting to kind of blend together a little. Our conversations yeah. are starting to blend together, Michelle. Um, but there was this piece of research that said that an emotion actually doesn't typically last more than 90 seconds, which is fascinating, really. Sometimes we feel like if we feel an emotion, we will get washed away. Like there's no depth. There's no end to this emotion that I feel. If we just allow ourselves to feel... And that could look like, you know, to me, I need, to, I, I have a couple different ways of moving through that step two, which is often the hardest part for people is to like really allow yourself to feel. Yeah. And a couple of things that help me is, um, or a couple of tools that I have are journaling. So when I journal, I, like, I go through these stages, name it. What do I feel? Name, like get, get to the root of it. Then when I'm in feel it, like I just let myself go. What do I feel? And, and, and oftentimes it's um, like to my, to my logical mind, it's ridiculous. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I could talk myself out of, it's ridiculous that you feel yeah. this way, you know, but feel it like it's important to not minimize it or not try to sweep it away or make yourself to feel like shameful for feeling these things or ridiculous for feeling these things. Just feel it. Just like feel it, write it out, cry, um, punch something. I don't, you know, feel it. I, I like to feel it in meditations. Um, and just allow yourself to go there gently and as deep as and far as you're ready to go. And sometimes feel it for me takes minutes. Sometimes it takes days of revisiting, like going back to name it, feel it, shift it, going back, going back. Um, but that step two is to feel it. And what happens when we allow ourselves 
to feel an emotion fully is that there is typically a, a, a shift it moment, which is step three of this process, process shift it. And there's a shift it moment. And that shift it moment might just simply be a big breath mm. or just even a little bit of relief or the slightest bit of shift in perspective or hope or laughter or humor or, oh, okay, it's not that bad. But like in the, in the good way, like not in the suppressing way, but like in the, oh, I just think about, I, I, you know, when I, when I first learned about name it, feel it shifted, it was simply by witnessing my own process of how I move through emotions. And also by witnessing my clients as a coach and witnessing how they move through emotions. And then I took that concept and I started to observe my children who were toddlers at the time. And it was like, toddlers teach us how to fully feel an emotion and how to fully release. They, they teach us that. They feel something so deeply and express it to its fullest, like fullest, fullest expression. And, and then they shift and then they come back and then it's like over, you know, mm. they teach us how to, it's what happens when we get older, we start to shove things down or not trust it or think it's too much or society tells us like, and then, and then it, it gets all convoluted inside and complicated, but this is what our bodies were designed to do, right? Like it's what our bodies were designed to do. And so when we have that shifted moment, like follow the wave of that, like follow the shift, follow the wave. And that to me is when we're coming back home to ourselves. And whenever I feel a shifted moment, that's my, that's my portal. That's my access point to my wisdom, my intuition, my soul, my whatever you call it. And that's where I love to ask my higher self or my wisdom questions. Like, what do I, what, a, what am I not seeing clearly about this situation? Or what's my next best step here? Or how should I move forward? And when I'm in that regulated state or when I'm in coming back home to myself, that's how I visualize it. Literally, like I'm coming back home to myself that's the voice I want to listen to. And sometimes it's clear as day. This is your next step. Or sometimes it's like, put this down, come back to this tomorrow. Mm. Or, you know, or it could be a range of things, but that's, that, that's, that is how we use our emotions as a doorway to our soul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh gosh, I have so many thoughts right now. I'm I'm feeling um excited. I think I'm feeling excited because I'm finally starting to get good at this. And I found this, I've found name it, feel it, shift it. Obviously, I have known about it for a long time. I've practiced it for a long time, but I'm finally actually getting good at it. Um the feel it piece that you said is, you know, can be hardest for people was absolutely hard. Like the hardest part for me, absolutely. Because my brain 
got in the way so much of the feel it piece. Um, my brain would even trick me into thinking I was feeling it, but I wasn't, you know, I was mm. thinking about the feeling, but I wasn't feeling it. And, and just like shifting out of my head, dropping into my body. Gosh, it was so challenging for me. So challenging because I had so much fear built in deep around like expressing all of these emotions because I judged a lot of my emotions. And the practice, like what it actually kind of looks like for me to do it really well, it's almost like instead of calling it like name it, feel it, shift it, it's almost like the art of indulging in tantrums in order to, <laughs> as, a, as a path towards alignment, you know, because that's what, it feels so messy. It feels like, I shouldn't, I should, I should be doing beautiful name that feel it shifted, not having a tantrum, but like, I need to have little tantrums, either a little tantrum in my journal or a little tantrum out loud. And it's like, my brain worried that that was going to be horrible. Like if you have a little tantrum, you're not going to, it's not going to be good, but in reality, um, it's working so well. And it's making me excited. I'm like, oh, I can have a little tantrum. And not only do I feel better because I'm not carrying around like this feeling, but surprisingly, like people are responding quite well. Like I'm not doing, I'm not tantruming. I'm not tantruming in front of everyone. Like there's a time and a place, but like I've been playing with having little tantrums in my relationship or like at home. And they are so well received. It's shocking. It's like it's blowing my mind. Wow. So it, are you? Are you? Okay. Let's elaborate. Let's tell okay. me more. Okay. Oh gosh, I have like a little example, but it's so embarrassing and so <laughs> revealing. Oh, I think I'm gonna say it though, because it's just like it just happened, and it was like the most I ever let myself um tantrum right in the moment normally for me like as I've been getting better it's like oh I noticed like I've probably had a feeling but in the moment I didn't know how to express it so I stored it in and I kept walking around and not feeling good and eventually I'm like why am I not feeling good and I go back in later and feel it but I I've been getting a little bit better I had this moment where I was so proud of myself I did such a good job of not storing the emotion first. Like I felt it and mm. I was like, oh, I'm going to feel it right now. <laughs> and it was, oh my gosh, this is so, this is going to sound so crazy. Okay. So, um, okay. In my relationship, one thing about me and my partner, which is great that like, we're actually on the same page is like, I am the most sharply monogamous person you could ever imagine, not just like firmly monog monogamous, but like sharply, like, I, I, like there are so many things that I'm like, no, that is only me or no, that is only you. That is only us. Like so many things more like, and, um, the other day, so we both have kids and the, and we both have like really wonderful relationships with our exes. It's like, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you guys are 
are are um incredible uh like models for what that could look like okay keep going sorry it's like it's so good and so it's it's so wonderful on both sides there's so much like there's no actual oh there's no fear there's no tension there's no resentment there's just it's just we're so lucky on both sides it's wonderful um and we both have a lot of interaction dropping off picking up kids and whatever and the other day he brought home um like his ex uh, sent with the kids a bunch of baking and he was like oh by the way she sent this like baking for lunches and i felt this like <gasps> rise up in me and i was like okay and then i went back to chopping and i was like wait no i don't like this i bake for you you enjoy my baking <laughs> i i felt so i felt this like uh this possessiveness this jealousy and i was like actually i don't like it and like there was like this amusement that crept onto his face and i was like i like just started saying i was like uh, and it was very it was tantrumy it was very tantrumy and it was the exact feeling but also like my heart was open and there was no blaming because it was just the pure feeling. I was like, I was like, I don't like it. I reject it. I'm jealous. I do that. that no, I reject it. This is like my space. This is, this is my kitchen. I make the treats. Like I make you guys happy this way. And I just like let it all out. I got to be as like, I just like embraced it. And the response was like, he was so amused and <laughs> like so amused and so like receptive and honoring. Like it was, I felt, oh, it was the best feeling in the whole world. It's like, I, I, in that moment, like uh, that's, that was like a, that was like the best I ever did. So I feel like I have lots of learning to do, but then I was like, wow, I'm free now. I'm not holding on to anything. There's no resentment. That was so silly. Wow. You didn't have to like, throw the like the baking out the window or feed no. it to the chickens. Yeah. But I, but I said, I was like, I don't want it in my fridge. I want it out. I want you to, you know, and, and but get, like getting to just indulge in the expression and the feeling made it so, oh, this is, I'm silly, right? but it was so good. I didn't store anything in me. And also I was so like met and understood and seen. And like the next day, and I could tell he was like, he treated me so softly, like, so like, oh, it, 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 for some reason inspired more tenderness than like my resentment or weird little comments might've had I held it in. Right. That just gets like defensiveness. It inspired so much tenderness in him and i enjoyed it so much and the next day um oh and here's what else oh god oh this is so embarrassing okay do you know oh do you know what i oh my god do you know what i did that night so that night okay so i like did the expressing but i had a little more i could feel i had a little more feeling to do and i was like oh i have this energy in me how do i move it how do i keep moving it i don't want it to get stuck and i was like oh, i'm gonna make brownies i'm the baker I, you're going to enjoy my brownies. So I made, and he was like, you could make brownies. And I was like, yes. He was like, okay. You, oh my God. Like you're crazy. And 
awesome. You go for it. So we made the brownies. I put extra sprinkles. I made them extra good. I was like, oh, I'm such a good baker. And then put the treats in all the kids' lunches. And the next day, um, the kids didn't eat the treat from their their mom or like, you know, from from his ex. They ate my brownies instead in the lunch. Like they got both in their lunch. And he was like, just so you know, the kids liked yours better. And he was like, just like trying to, and it's not, it's not that like, I was like still hanging on to that, but it was the, it was the, like, I honor, I'm going to honor what bothers you. Even if it's so silly, it's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous. I know it is, but my ridiculousness was honored in like, it didn't make me feel dumb for feeling that way, which was shocking. It was shocking because when I make myself dumb for feeling that way, when I judge my own feelings and I shove them down, then when they come out, that's, they come out weird ways. Then I get the reflection of you're dumb for feeling that way. But when I honored them, mm -hmm. I was met with like your silly little feeling I care about. And I, I, I just want you to not, I want you to feel good. And I just felt like in that moment, I've touched on something magic here, like, like the feel, like to actually feel and express some moments out loud, some moments in my journal, it's like the feeling part of it and not, not getting tricked into thinking, not, not getting tricked and just actually thinking about your feeling, but feeling it, moving the energy of it through your body, through your hand, through baking, through like moving. Yeah. The feeling is magic. Yeah. It's magic. And it's, but like, I, it's been so scary for me to feel and express my feelings. It's been such a, oh, it's been such a, like a, a journey to cultivate the courage to try feeling it and try expressing it. I mean, it, your story, your story, uh, as and so thanks for sh very vulnerably sharing that because i think that if people were really 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 honest with themselves it's incredibly relatable hmm. i hope so <laughs> and it might not be the exact scenario that's relatable however if we're, re we're as human beings, as like these imperfect human beings, if we're really honest with ourselves and really honest with our feelings and, and our emotions and, you know, the things that activate us or trigger us, um, and we're not suppressing it, it is when we suppress it. It is when we don't honor it, that it comes out in other ways. It comes out as aggression. It comes out in passive aggressive comments. It comes out in making the brownies anyway and like you know like it comes out in in other really in ways that can can be incredibly unhealthy in our relationships and you know and that you know in 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 the mind rebel academy we talk about and we've done a previous episode on this but we've talked we talk about these different personas that live within us we talk about the rebel mind persona that's like the part of you that's like really really wrong but, but the part of you that is most deeply connected to that fear state like at the root like that fear state that lacks scarcity not enough that that's like the, the rebel mind part of you and then there's the guard part of you that almost protects the rebel mind we've, we've done a whole podcast on the guard in particular because the guard can be so sneaky 
in terms of like how the guard shows up in your life. And then you've got the authentic self part of you, which is the, the, the part of you that like when you're home, when you're back home to yourself, when you're, you know, you're feeling like all oh, regulated in your body and you're, you're feeling, you know, that shift it like that we were talking about earlier. That's like you coming home to your authentic self. But I believe that when we don't honor our emotions, we're living in a state of either our guard or our rebel minds. And when we're living in a state of our guard or rebel minds, we're activating other people, we're engaging other people's guards and rebel minds. And then it's just like the battle of the guards or the battle of the rebel minds. And nothing good comes of that in relationship. Yeah. Nothing good. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I appreciate you sharing this story because I don't think I do that. I really... I think I have almost like a, a heightened sense of personal responsibility of I'm activated or triggered right now. I have to work through my emotions on my own time in my own way and, and then engage the the human in front of me or the situation in front of me. But I really appreciate the messiness that you're embracing in the name it, feel it, shift it process of being able to name or, or being able to like name it and, and feel it so purely and honestly because i think that's disarming for someone else to witness and hold that like this is this is how i'm feeling right now and this is yeah i don't know there's something i really appreciate about the story that you just shared yeah um you know what do you know why i think it's disarming and why it was received so well and why i want to keep like like learning to do that is because one thing I noticed was that when I was able to like, like just look at the feeling and feel the feeling itself, I wasn't making a story or blaming because I was like really right. allowing the feeling. And so I felt like mad and jealous and like, no, no. But in the moment, I didn't feel mad at anyone. I wasn't angry at anyone. I didn't, no one right. was doing something. Yeah. No yeah. one did anything wrong in, in my story. Like in, in my, there was, no one did anything wrong. And I think that, um, I think there was like a key connection there to like fully just trusting that, oh, I'm having an emotion for a reason. It's, it's like, this emotion is meaningful and this emotion, whether it's like good or bad is good. And if I just look at it and embrace it, um, I can learn from, it's like, it's going to bring a message. But the second I feel like I'm having an emotion that I don't want to be having, then that's when my brain starts to blame someone for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, someone did something wrong. I can't believe I'm having this feeling, you know? Yeah. I and, do know what you mean. Yeah. And, and whether I say that out loud or just carry it inside, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, you're right. It's like, it, that is me walking around in my rebel or my guard and people feel it either obviously or subtly, you know? Yeah. Okay. Can, can we talk about, can we talk about this discovery you've had recently? So 
just as we're recording this in, in this moment, we're starting our, we just began our 10th cohort of the Mind Rebel Practitioner mm. or Coach Training Series. And we're in part one, which is the practitioner training, which is where we dive into all this work. So we're in the 10th cohort. And Michelle, you were part of the first cohort. So, and you have been with, with me ever since. And yeah. so you have literally moved through this material 10 times now. Yeah. And you had this incredible discovery um, very recently. And I'm wondering if I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about that because I think that this is a doorway, like these these personas that we create, the rebel mind, the guard, the authentic self, and the pers- the way we personify them, the way we um, it, you know, it's a concept called metacognition. It's a way to take the intricate you know, feelings inside of ourselves and the nuanced feelings inside of ourselves. And we create a metaphor around it so that we can more easily observe it. We can, we can look at it. We can, we can observe it. We can feel it. You know, when I'm in, when I'm in feel it, who's feeling is my guard and my rebel mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and oftentimes it doesn't make logical sense. Like I can easily talk my way out of you. That is ridiculous. You should not feel that way and shove, 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 shove. No, suppress, 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 suppress. But by creating these personas, so I've got, you know, my rebel mind persona is this four-year-old version of myself and my guard persona is Bran of Tarth from Game of Thrones. And so it makes more sense that my four-year-old self is feeling like not enough or like I'm lacking something or like, then like, like this version of like an adult version of Taryn feel, you know, so it, or when I'm feeling and activated in my guard, it makes more sense to be able to visualize Brienne of Tarth rather than how I see myself or how I, you know, so it creates the, this, this rich imagery around what we're feeling so that we can go there so that we can more deeply honor what we feel. And so this, uh, so I'm just kind of laying the stage of of, you know, some of the work that we do in practitioner training, because I think your discovery was really important. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, I actually think this discovery I had opened the doorway to uh, me responding to the experience the other day about the baking, like it, it shone a light on something. So yeah, I do think these things are directly related. Um, Okay. Even before the very first practitioner training that I was a part of, I went to, um, when you were doing in-person retreats, retreats. and that was the first, and that was, I I, like, I want to say, was it like 2018 that this, I don't feel like 2018. Yeah. And so it's the first time I'm sitting there and I hear the concepts of rebel mind and authentic self. And we're doing an exercise where we were like writing about who is our authentic self, who is our rebel mind. And at the time I was able to see my authentic self so clearly she came through. I knew things about her and I was like, yes. And if I read the description I wrote back then, I would be like, yeah, that's, yeah, yep, that's her. And I found it so hard to see my rebel mind, like the, the, the fearful part of me. And I remember there was like only two things I wrote down on the paper about her. I was like, maybe she's wearing a really ugly yellow sweatsuit and, or maybe she's invisible. I don't know. But like, 
I can't see her. I know I have a lot of fears. And so I know she must have a lot of fears, but like, I can't see her. And through every practitioner training where every person is exploring their rebel mind or authentic self and then guards, I got more and more clarity on my authentic self, more and more clarity, like over time, more clarity on my guard, but still like my rebel mind was still like, I don't know, maybe she's invisible. I can't see her. I don't know. Like she, she's, I don't know. And um, I realized like, I'm so lucky to be in these conversations in so many places. Like these conversations are blending like me and you here mm -hmm. in practitioner uh, with other people about the podcast and my sisters. And, and I was realizing through talking about my guard that my guard tries to protect me by she's like a librarian she tries to protect me she wants to know all the right answers she wants to be really smart she wants to be really prepared um and she doesn't want she like she just is very put together you know in one way or another um there's like a a facade there of being capable being smart being right um being you know, tidy, whatever. And I had this moment in practitioner the other day while you were leading everyone through the material for the 10th time I've heard it, <laughs> like the 10th time. And finally something clicked. You were saying something along the lines of the guard is protect, like the guard is there to protect. The guard is either protecting your authentic self or your rebel mind. And I kind of thought about, I just it entered into my head, like, how is my guard protecting my rebel mind? Like, what, like, what is she protecting? And this, um, this image came to me. So there was this time when I was in grade one. And I was wearing a yellow sweatsuit and I found school so terrifying and I was so scared to raise my hand or to ask for anything or to do anything disruptive um, that I was just like almost constantly paralyzed by fear. And there was this one day, it was in the winter, I had to pee so bad. I had to pee so bad. And for some reason, I found it so scary to raise my hand and to say, can I go to the washroom? So I sat there straining this physical need, not even a feet, not even like, it was like a yearning a, or a desire. Yeah, yeah. No, no. like a feeling like, oh, I feel like playing outside. It was like a feeling of like, I very badly need to pee. But I, I, for some reason, did not have the like, the, the whatever connection from my brain to my head to my body that said of course that's like a valid feeling that other people should honor for some reason I was like no hold it in you're going to be so disruptive it's too scary someone's going to be mad at you the teacher told other people they couldn't go like oh you should just hold it and so I sat there in grade one in grade one I sat there repressing my feeling 
until I peed my pants in class on my chair. And I was so ashamed. Like my great, like, I'm sure, like, I think, you know, back in the day, like parents were potty training kids and they're like one and a half and two. Like it was, I was so ashamed, right? And it was like this, like, oh my God, I hope no one sees me like this shame. I'm like literally sitting in my shame of my pee. Oh my God, I hope no one sees. I'm such a like, I'm a failure for like peeing my pants as a six-year-old in grade one. I'm a failure for not being brave enough to go to the bathroom. What's wrong with me? I am like, why am I so sensitive? Why am I, oh my God, like no other kids are doing, like what is happening? And I just realized, oh, of course, of course I couldn't see my rebel mind for so long because my guard was like, don't look at her. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's, she's, she's very flawed. You are very flawed at your core. You are way too sensitive. There's shame there. You, your, your, your feelings are wonky. You're just, just like, God, don't look at her. And so it was never until, so it's really never until now that I've actually seen my rebel mind. Like I've never seen her. I knew she was there. I had the idea that she was wearing a yellow sweatsuit, which is really cool that, and funny that that was the first thought of like, maybe she's wearing a yellow sweatsuit and maybe she's invisible. And somehow my subconscious already knew, but like, I couldn't gather, I couldn't gather the picture into my mind. Like that day I peed my pants, I was wearing, like that was the moment my subconscious was trying to point at. She's wearing, I was wearing a yellow sweatsuit. And so it's only for the first time now that I can actually clearly see what what it looks like when I'm in my rebel mind. And that is the version of me that's just like, suppressing what I feel, denying my needs, being terrified to speak my wants, needs, feelings, uh, just hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, repress it, repress it, try to hang on a little longer until I inevitably just like fail and then feel ashamed. It's my rebel mind. And it's so like, it, Every, so many things are making sense now that I know that that's, that's my rebel mind. That's what I go to in fear. Yeah. And so knowing that helps me feel so much more inclined to, to just to, to do the opposite, to like give that rebel mind the antidote of like, when she's trying to hold the fears and the mm-hmm. feelings and the needs and the desires and the wants in to like go in and, oh no, like we need to bring these out. We, you need to show them to the world. You need to feel them. You need to say them. You need to express them. You need to trust them. You don't need to be afraid of them. You don't need to hide them. Bring them, mm. bring them out. And so it's, it's like, and because I've, kind of been doing that, but not really. It's making me so excited. It's like, oh, wow. I think I'm going to start feeling a lot better if I keep doing this. It's making me feel hopeful. Like, oh, what? instead of suppressing, like, what else can I bring forward? Where am I going to free myself up now? It feels like, ooh, possibilities are opening again. 
which is why that conversation with your partner was, and to be able to say it out loud and to express it was so important. Yeah. Right. It was like, it was like, I'm, 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 yeah. I am. You're asking to go to the washroom. Yeah. You know? Yes. I'm yeah. Like, oh, I'm having a feeling I have to go to the washroom. That makes sense. I have to go, you know, saying it. Yeah. Your guard is your librarian. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm wondering if you can put more, if you can just elaborate a little bit more. So of like the MO of your librarian, the MO of your guard, like what was the, what was the, like at you are an, a, a very emotional and ex, emotionally expressive human, mm. you know, talk to me about the, your, the MO of your guard and how your guard has been operating up until now. Yeah. So there's, there's these other parts of my guard that, so like we've talked about before, the way the guard shifts, depending on whether she's closer to the rebel mind or closer to the authentic self. But um, one thing my guard was doing, she, my guard wants to bypass the feel it. My, yeah. my guard does Most guards not... do. Most guards don't want to go to feel it. because yes. like, Most guards don't want you to have access to the rebel mind because mm. their existence is to protect from, is to protect. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. So my guard did not does did not want me to have to feel these things. My guard. So I would. So if I would feel a feeling, especially an uncomfortable feeling, anything in the realm of anger, anything mm. in the realm of anger, especially, my guard. Oof. My guard responds to my guard, especially judges anger. Because I think I have this idea that like, I, I remember really young learning about the anger iceberg in school. Like I remember that mm -hmm. so young. It's like one of my earliest school memories. And I remember there was this like emotional education program that I had at, at my school, like when I was really, really young and they had like sea creatures. I don't know if anyone else in, in, remembers that. Anyway, I remember them talking about like, if you're feeling angry, really it's not anger there's so much underneath it which is true but my brain interpreted that as well so if i'm going to be good and right and 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 act the way these teachers are saying i should i shouldn't get angry i should very quickly go to what's under it and then i should try to instead of being angry at someone what i should do is is i should learn to like calmly communicate so my brain was like <laughs> Oh, the anger's wrong. It's the wrong answer on the test to get angry and be angry. If I'm going to be really smart, I need to go to these other things to show the teachers and the people that like I'm understanding. So okay. this is your librarian. This is this is the formation of my the librarian. Formation. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is how my librarian got formed in like okay. very very young years, like ugh, the the earliest 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 of years. And so my librarian super judges anger. And so anytime anger comes up, my librarian wants to not do the wrong thing and just 
be angry or like emotionally unintelligent. My librarian wants to shut that down. And then she goes into thinking mode about how to fix the situation. And normally mm -hmm. she wants to, she either wants to fix me or she wants to fix someone else. And usually she probably wants to do both. She wants to fix it with, um, she, sometimes she wants to put blame on someone. She wants to point out what's wrong. She wants to fix it. She wants to, um, she wants to explain very clearly, eloquent, eloquently and intelligently to someone what they're doing wrong because she thinks that that's the route to getting rid of my angry feeling. Like if I can tell someone what they're doing wrong so they won't do it anymore, then I won't feel angry, you know, and then she'll, she'll, she'll just fix it. She'll fix it with, um, she'll fix it with everything that she knows and she'll fix it by being right. She'll just fix it. And so she has, she has, because she really fears, like, she really fears that if I go into my anger, to my feelings, to my neediness, to my sadness, to like my wanting, to my like, just into like the rich emotional world, she really fears that it's like, it's not going to be okay. I'm, I'm, my feelings themselves are wrong. They're too much. People won't like them. I won't be loved. I won't be liked. I'll be rejected. I'll be shut down. So like, I don't want to feel any of that. So I'm just going to like do that now, shove that aside and fix it. Is that? Yeah. Paint it. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So this discovery of your rebel mind has opened up a portal to your, the, the actual feelings, the real yeah. feelings beneath the surface. Yeah. And I have, it's like, you know, pieces of the pieces of my real feelings have been coming up, of course. you, you know, yes. like it's, it's since my practitioner training, yeah. it, the process has started, right? Like, but it's been more in the, in the secret, quiet, dark moments of my room in my journal or with like someone so lovely holding space for me. Right. But not so much in the real world. So I've been like, oh, mm. look at the way I really feel, but like, like more, see more privately, more secretly. And this discovery of the, this clarity I have now on my rebel mind, my guard and my authentic self. Uh, now I see like the directness of the portal to my authentic self, to like my wisdom, to everything I want. My authentic self embraces the wholeness of me. She mm -hmm. doesn't think she's flawed. She does. She embraces the, like the human I am. She embraces all of me. So if she embraces the, that I am a human and I'm in a body and I'm like an, I am like an animal with feelings and instincts She's okay with all of that. She embraces that. She is ready to live this existence as a human with all of that richness and complexity. And it's really interesting. It's so obvious now, but it feels like this new revelation that my rebel mind was like, because I was, because I was so closed off and holding them in, it's like I was 
blocking the most direct portal to my authentic self. She just wants to function mm. in this flowing human animal way where I'm feeling and releasing. And that's, that's like the key to everything. And from, from her, from my authentic self, that's where I can make every powerful choice. That's where yeah. I can see everything that's true to me. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. It, sorry. It also just goes to show how layered we are and nuanced we are and how, you know, there's a reason our guards were formed. There's a reason they exist. And I think the journey of the journey, you know, the journey of stepping, what am I trying to say? Okay. The journey of discovering our real, most authentic selves. It's not this, like we're talking about her, like she's this, you know, version outside of us that we strive to get to, but it, it's not that at all. It's, it's that the more we discover, the more we like peel back the layers of ourselves, the more we discover ourselves, the more we honor the fullness, the humanness of ourselves, the closer to that version we get, mm -hmm. the, 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 the more we can access, the more we can see, the more we can embody that version of ourselves that's already there beneath all the layers, beneath all the conditioning, beneath all the, you know, the masks we wear and the fears we hold and the, she's there or he, or, you know, they are there. And I really, 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 really believe that our purpose in this lifetime, like our purpose, the reason we're here is to first and foremost, discover that part of ourselves, like the true, that true part of ourselves. And that part of ourselves is, you know, it's, it's like a continuous discovery because we're always changing, but to discover that part of ourselves and then to simply and fully express that part of ourselves, mm. you know, through the various outlets of our life. But like, what if that was just it? What if that was our only purpose in life? What if that was our purpose? That, when I have been in the, it, when I have, you know, there are moments in life where you feel like you've, you've, you're touching the divine. Yeah. You feel like you're touching like ecstatic bliss, but like not excited, chaotic excitement, like where you're on a trip or like, you know, it's just like in the simplest of moments, you're touching what feels like, like I've had moments where I'm staring at, I have, I can remember them. I'm staring at the moon or I'm staring at a tree or I'm staring at my children or mm. I'm staring at my husband or I'm in a moment and I feel like I'm touching the divine. I feel like I am, my whole body is the emotions in my body are it's ecstasy without the drug, you know, <laughs> or without something external making me happy. It's something coming from inside out. And those moments are, it, it's like 
it's those, those are the moments when I know I am seeing the world through like the pureness of my authentic self mm-hmm. and, and like the clarity of my authentic self. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah, you are. What you're describing right now to me is the key to feeling the most free I could possibly ever feel. It's like mm-hmm. what you're describing means true, pure freedom to me. Right. It has nothing to do with something good coming, like the the promotion, the job, the, the this, the that. Like it's not outside in, it's inside out. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it is freedom. And I think that not that, I'm not sure the goal is to feel ecstasy every minute of the day. That's not what I'm saying, but just to, to feel, to feel, maybe that is possible. Who knows? Maybe that is possible. (laughs) I don't know. But the goal, like, I think the goal, I think that our, our true purpose is to truly come back home to ourselves. Yeah. And to touch that part of ourselves and to express that part of ourselves and to like, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I totally, I think you're right. I totally agree. And it's not even just, it's not even just the moments of like ecstasy and awe and wonder that are satisfying. It's like the full range of like, whatever is the truth of your you know, all of the parts of you combined together. So like not just your authentic self, but yeah. your, your authentic self in union with your yeah. rebel mind and your guard when they're all in union, they're, you know, the organism that is you, whatever the truth is of you in that moment, being mm-hmm. able to just be yes. free to see it, accept yes. it, express it, that is, that is that feels like true freedom. It feels so deeply in alignment. Like I can't think of, you know, when I think of purpose, I think of like the most deeply satisfying, I think of satisfaction of like fulfilling your purpose is like deeply satisfying. And I don't know if I found anything more satisfying than just being free to be and feel exactly the truth of what I feel in that moment. It's like, not, I don't know if anything to me feels as good as the freedom to actually be and feel who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before we, I know, I know we probably have to like start kind of like thinking of wrapping up soon, but before we go, you know, the way that I describe my rebel and my guard and my authentic self and the way that I relate to all of my feelings, um, I know there's parts that are so relatable to you, but is there anything inside of you that feels like it's a very different flavor, but is Mm. so true to you? Hmm. Oh, good question. Um, okay. So maybe slightly different flavors, like my, my guards, 
you know, my, so my rebel mind, I've known her. I, so a slight different take on this is that I didn't know I had a guard. Like a guard wasn't even part of this model. When you, like back in 2018, when you first learned this model, even when you first took practitioner training, there was no guard persona. The guard wasn't part of this model. It was just like, that's, I think that's, you know, that's, um, that's how I experienced the world. It was either uh, authentic self or rebel mind. There was no middle. It was straight up terror and fear or joy, like that, yeah. and not much in between. Like that. That's how I've been since I was very young. I, I, um, you know, my rebel, my rebel mind's name is my nickname growing up, which is TT, which stood for two things. It stood for terrific Taryn. And it also stood for terrified Taryn because that's how I grew up terrified. I was terrified of my own shadow. I was so scared as a child. I slept in my parents' bedroom on the floor until I was 18 years old <laughs> because I was convinced that someone was going to break into the house. And like, it was, I was just a terrified child. I used to, till I was 18, till I met Sean, my now husband. Okay. <laughs> I used to wake my dad up in the middle of the night, God love him. And, you, you know, a picture like a child and then also a teenager. <laughs> and he would take my hand and he would walk me around all three floors of our house, looking in absolutely every corner to show me that no one was there hiding. Okay. Every single night in the middle of the night. It's like... <laughs> Fear and terror run deep in my DNA, runs deep in my blood. So coming up with this model, of course, there was only two states for me. And, and then there's like this vacillation in between. But I, I got to be honest, I don't think my guard persona was actually formed until I became an entrepreneur. Hmm. I think that's when my guard formed because the outlet of entrepreneurship and the vulnerability and the risk associated with entrepreneurship in such a fearful body <laughs> was so great that I developed this, I developed this protection mechanism, this, this protector, this brand of Tarth guard that formed. Mm. I could be totally wrong about that, but I do, if I, if I really think about my past, that's where she was formed. Mm. Okay. And so my, my rebel mind, she, I can see her clear as day. She has always been present clear as day. Her MO is, it's uh, something bad is about to happen. As I even say that, I can feel that activating in my body. Something bad is about to happen that's going to, that, that's going to separate me from the people I love, the people and the things that I love. It, it's like this disconnection, this disconnection that's like at the core of her fear. Um. And so that's, that's like where my rebel mind goes. So when I'm, when my rebel mind's activated, I want to hide away. I want to protect, like, I want to like hold my babies close. I want to like, nothing feels safe. Like I don't feel safe. I feel like something bad's coming. Um, my guard, she like has so much compassion. So you know how your guard was like, oh, don't look at her. My guard has a different flight, like, because she, I think because my guard formed later, you know, my guard is almost like this motherly figure to this like meek, weak, mm -hmm. 
you know, version of me that, but she's got a lot of compassion for her, but she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, no, you, you are weak. Like you cannot handle this. You're I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got this. I'm not going to let anyone hurt you. Like she's very protective and motherly, yeah. you know, um, I'm not even going to let anyone see you or access you. I'm just going to like, I'm going to deal with the world and the way my guard operates, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. It's got a different flavor than yours. It's not in knowledge or knowing, or I, I don't, this is going to sound weird. I don't consider myself a smart human. <laughs> I'm very wise. I have an enormous amount of wisdom. I have enormous amount of perspective. I'm not book smart. It took me five or six years to get through a four-year degree in university. I'm not a book smart person. I'm not. Um, I can't hold or retain facts or numbers or it's just my brain. But what my guard can do very well is my guard can people please to the Mm, my guard is a master at people pleasing, but it's coming from this place of if I please you and I people please you enough, then you will not like see, you will not touch this vulnerable part of me that's terrified that if I don't people please you, something bad will happen. Mm. You know, so my guard is a people pleaser. My guard is a can control um, micro, like um, controlling in a way that everything, you know, like contingency planning controlling like i've got plan a to z mapped out and i know so if plan a doesn't work i've got plan b why because i'm trying to protect from worst case scenario happening mm. you know like i can be hyper vigilant hyper controlling hyper aware of other people's perceptions of me and um what they're thinking of me really matters like when i'm in my guard the opinions of others matter more than my own opinion of myself mm. that's the energy of my guard my guard is also fiercely loyal so like f- loyalty is so like i'm fiercely loyal fierce 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 for myself like my my rub whoever she's you know trying to protect whether it's my rebel mind or my authentic self but also fiercely loyal to the people i love Mm. um to my own detriment you know (laughs) um that's the energy of my my guard and my rebel mind so Mm. like same you know and i think that might be a universal truth for when people do this work for anyway, from what I've observed is that the rebel minds energetic signature seems to be wrapped up in that really vulnerable fear, like that lack scarcity limitation, not enough. And the guards energetic signature is, is some flavor of protection, proving or protection. Yeah. But the way they're expressed in the world feels so unique and so nuanced and so different depending on our lived experiences, our internal makeup, our us, you know? Yeah. So what's the flavor for you of like tapping into like, what is, what do emotions as a portal look like flowing from like rebel mind guard to authentic self for you? Okay. So it's usually, okay. So, um, I have two portals to it two access points and it depends who's who's activated which one Mm. is it the guard triggered or is it the rebel mind triggered 
when, so more often than not, it's my guard who's activated. And so what that looks like is first and foremost, going to going through those emotions, when I name it and feel it, I'm going through those emotions first. And those emotions for me are usually more activated, like more charged, like, um, like, uh, like that's where, for me, that's where anger lives is in my guard or, or, or like, um, Oh, like resentment or jealousy or like, mm, like not unjustness or mm, like they're more, uh, um, energized emotions. So I have to, I have to access those first. I have to name those first. I have to feel those first. And then at, then that, that lets me like peel back another layer and another layer to get to what's beneath the guard. What is my guard angry about? Or what's, you know, like that mm. iceberg that you were talking about. I have to yeah. feel all those layers of the iceberg to get to the root and the root lives in my rebel mind. Mm. So that's, that's the typical access point. However, there are times where I'm actually triggered in my rebel mind. It's like you buy, I bypass the guard completely and it's like, and, and, you know, and, and so something is highly activated there and maybe it's a, like a past traumatic event that's activated or something that's really activated there. And, um, and, and that feeling, I, I go right to, I don't feel safe. Something bad's about to happen. I, it's like a much different feeling than all of my guards emotions. It's like right to the, right to the, right to the core, right to the source. And so when I, when I'm there name it, feel it, shift, it feels more like I have to take a more gentle approach. Hmm. Um, whereas when I'm trying to express my guards emotions, like I oftentimes feel it, I need to have like a, I need to vent it. I need someone to hear me. Like I'll, you know, I'll often like vent something to Sean and I'm like, this is frustrating me. And I know how ridiculous I sound, but I need to, I need to express it. I need to get it out in order to like get to the other emotions. Um, and, but with, when I, when I go right to the rebel mind emotions, I need to be, I actually don't even want a coaching session when I'm there. Mm. It's almost too vulnerable. I need to be, and that's probably maybe because I like, I'm a trained coach to coach myself in my brain and I know how to hold space for myself, but like, I need to go, I need to be so quiet with myself. I, I maybe even journaling is too much. Like it, it I, I think my most softest landing is when I go meditate mm. and meditation for me is not emptying my mind. Meditation for me is name it, feel it, shift it within myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what do I feel? Where do I feel it calling? And then once I name it, okay, I'm scared. I, then I call on the visual of my rebel mind. I can see her in this bunker that she's in the dark and she's like terrified and she's, and I'm like, okay, let her feel it. Let her express it. Let her feel all her emotions in the safety of this little bubble I've created for myself. And then in the shift it, I can, you know, oftentimes that's actually when the shift it moments happening for me in that visualization, it's actually like my guard opening up the door to the cave and like coming down the stairs and saying like, are you ready to come out now? Like mm. I'm ready to like carry you home now. And she'll like scoop her up and bring her to like my authentic self in this visual I've created. Mm. And so it's my guard almost 
like helping making that transition back home, like that union that you were talking about, that, that coming back home, it's that, that union is that shift it moment for me, that reconnection of my authentic self, like scoops up my rebel mind in her arms and, you know, rocks her, does whatever she needs to, to like soothe her, calm her down so that she can feel safe again. Because honestly, there's nothing more safe to my rebel mind than this reconnection within Hmm. nothing outside of me, no amount of money or success or opportunities or things that could come outside of me could give me the same solid landing, the same solid feeling as when I come home within myself in like internally, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, oh, you're really making me realize, gosh, like I have so much more to explore and integrate here. Like when you're describing the like love and integration and like connection, like the, the, the proper place of your guard and the way she facilitates the, like, the, like bringing you back like whole and together, I'm feeling really inspired and like wow, my guard right now isn't part of, uh, wow. Like, how do I, how do I, how do all of my pieces fit together in the Mm -hmm. most beautiful, harmonious way? I don't know that yet. Like I, you're making me inspired that I'm, now that I can see them all so clearly, you're making me inspired to want to, figure out that because it's so beautiful like when you describe that I'm like yeah I don't quite have that image yet for myself and I want that that's powerful Mm. yeah and and creating the imagery like they they each have landscapes they each have homes literally in this Mm. image and I can visualize so when I'm in my guard my guard is scanning her environment I can see her she's scanning an environment she's like got the rebel mind in a in like a bunker underground and yeah. the authentic self is over there in her garden and she, and but my guard is very far removed from both of them and she's scanning protecting like and I can feel that you know mm-hmm. and and so creating the imagery if you can if it serves you and imagery doesn't help everyone but if it serves you and like I think the reason it's served me so well is because I spend so much time. Like I literally spend so much time in this internal world that I've Mm. created for myself. Every day I spend at least once a day, I spend time in this internal world and checking in with everyone (laughs) and visualizing it. And, um, and I think it's through that, I've been able to learn more and more about the MO of my guard or what's, you know, and the, and the MO of my rebel mind and what it feels like when they're in union. What does my guard feel like when she's in union? Yeah. My guard shifts from this energy of protection to this like energy of removing her armor and laying down her sword and like bowing down in the deepest of reverence to my authentic self like such a different energy. Mm. And then my, what happens to my rebel mind as she moves from the state of fear and terror to like the state of like, I am so safe. I am so safely held. 
And I am so free to be a normal four-year-old fun-loving child. Like Mm. that's what it feels like when they're in union, you know? Yeah. Ooh, like what a, I feel like that having that, that imagery of like that pathway of what needs to happen to come back into alignment, to come into your authentic self, having that visual is such a powerful tool. Like I'm thinking here, okay, next time I'm feeling feelings and I'm like, and I have the urge because I'm going to still have the urge to repress them and hold them in. That urge is still what's wired into me. And anytime I allow them out, that's going to be because I'm really present and conscious and brave. And I'm, and I would love to have that the, the, an image or a pathway of how my Mm -hmm. guard and my authentic self are going to help my rebel trust that I don't have to like be ashamed and terrified and like, you know, all the things my rebel mind's afraid of about my feelings and needs and desires. Yeah. I want to build that. We should have like a follow-up podcast in a couple months to see what the, what the imagery is and yeah. what the pathways are. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the last thing that's occurring to me is when I'm hearing us describe our rebel minds and our relationship to um, emotions and fear, it's like, um, it's occurring to me how like spot on our Enneagram types yeah oh yeah we're relating and and also like I know that for us so like okay for me especially like I'm in the emotional triad so it like makes a lot of sense that I'm 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 I operate as a two that's that's the literally the Enneagram type that denies and represses themselves and focuses on Mm -hmm. other people right like that's Mm -hmm. like I'm very stereotypical in that type. You're, uh, you operate as a nine. It's like literally your core fear, like your textbook, core fear, definition, fear of loss, disconnection, like, you know. Um, and it's like, I, I know people, like I know in theory, and I also know people who don't relate to their emotions in the same way that we do. Mm-hmm. And And I wonder how I, so like, I know how my emotions are a portal for me. You know how your Mm -hmm. emotions are a portal for you. It's occurring to me that there are other portals with emotions that like, we don't even quite know the flavor of, you know, um, what, I, I don't even know what my question is, but like, do you have any insight on how you, how someone who doesn't say, so, so, if someone doesn't relate to either of us at all, and they're like, yeah, I'm not like what you. What are I'm you talking like about? Yeah. You, like, do you have any insight on how emotions as a portal to their authentic self could be true for those people? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, it's because we only, we only know what we know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we only know what we know. Yeah. That's why advice can be so dangerous, you know, because you, you, we only know what we know. Our lens of the world or the way we operate are, I, I, oh God, that's a good question. And, and uh, 
I don't, I don't know the, I don't know. I don't know. What's coming up for me is I look at other people in my life who I have great respect for and who seem to be doing this coming, you know, coming back home to themselves in different ways Mm. that I don't understand. Yeah. You know, so for example, my dad is, you know, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he, he, he's, my dad is like a Buddhist. I don't know if he, he would say he's a, like, that is his religion. I don't even know if you would call Buddhism a religion or I'm not sure what exactly you would call it, but he is, he's, he's deep into meditation and, but my, the way my dad has accessed his, what he would call his authentic self is actually like just through a different way. It's actually through um, like, almost like squeezing out the mind and the ego completely. Like it's, it, it's not through emotions. It's through mm-hmm. something else. I don't understand it. And yeah. we've had very deep philosophical discussions around both of our approaches and how, but they're very different. And, but, and at the, I think at the end of the day, I think I've, I've just, I think that I just, I think honoring that there are so many, this is an approach. This yeah. is an approach that maybe it works really well for deeply emotional humans like you and I, you know, and it seems to work really well for a lot of people who come to the MRA as well. Yeah. Um, but it's one of many. I think there are, there are so many different paths. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at Sean, my husband, Sean, and his, one of his paths is through, you know, is through jujitsu, which is a whole other approach in philosophy and releasing energy and emotion through physical feeling and through physicality and through body and, um, but different than following an emotion down to a root, you know, it's very different, but gets him to the same place. So I, I think I'm answering your question with more questions. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, here's my guess. I'll just tell you what my guess is. Okay. Play my guess. I don't know. If I had to, if I had to like bet on something, this is what I'd bet on. Obviously, every human has emotions. Like we're all physiologically, we have, you know, the 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 different like neurotransmitters and chemicals and hormones and like body systems and nerves and like we all have emotions. So it's possible for anyone to, if they really wanted to, I think it's possible that anyone can use their emotions to, like, yeah, as agreed. a portal to go deeper. However, it may not be the most accessible portal I love to that. everyone. Yeah, right. Yep. Like I'm thinking about Ash, our like our mm-hmm. we love and our family member in the MRA. She's a movement person. Yeah. Like the accessible thing for her is like dance and movement, and she lights up when she talks about it. Yeah. Right, and so for her, it's like it, it, I can see why some people would be like, "But this is how this is accessible. This is the root." So I can see why people would choose different roots to their alignment and authentic self with different, you know. Nate, when I like talk about emotions with him, he's like, I have two, maybe three emotions. And I'm like, that's not true. And he's just like, 
no, it, he's like, it is like his internal world is very like, I'm happy or I'm mad <laughs> or yeah. maybe sometimes I'm a little sad, but even not really, you know, it's <laughs> like, that's, that is it. And he's not just like saying that and hiding it. Yeah. It's really like it's his true. internal experience. Yeah. Which actually, thank goodness that there's some people like that because imagine me in a relationship with someone who also had a lot of feelings. Oh, like it's it's really good that some people just you know need to go dance, need to go meditate, need to go work out, need to go do jujitsu as like other portals. But like, yeah, it's yeah, it's fascinating. This is my portal, though. Yeah, this, this is, is mine portal. too. This is my portal too. Yeah. Well, I think this was officially our longest podcast uh, in Bold Dreams Held Loosely history, <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, me too. Oh, I could talk about emotions even more. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. If it serves you, take a moment to contemplate what your golden nugget is from this exploration. And if you feel inspired, please feel free to share it with us in the comments of this episode on our YouTube channel. To learn more about the MRA and our renowned flagship Mind Rebel Coach Training Series that begins once a year in the spring, please visit our website at www.themindrebel.com.